Well, we thought by now Dr. Mehmet Oz would be Senator-elect Mehmet Oz. Still looks like that's going to happen. I am rooting for him. You know that. Dr. Oz right now in the Republican primary in Pennsylvania is 1,100 votes ahead of his rival Dave McCormick. And Dr. Oz joins us right now. Yes, if you, you see the fine print there, it's 1,100 votes if you actually go through the math. Actually, Dr. Oz, you might have the exact number. Welcome back to Newsmax. What is your latest count? How far ahead of Dave McCormick are you? I think your number's about right, but that's actually not the big story. The big story is I don't see our opponents runway to victory. There's far fewer votes left to Cali. Every day we make significant advances there. This election is ours. In the meantime, I think I should focus on unifying our party. This was a very contentious uh, campaign. We, you know, everyone got their, car, their tires kicked, so we know exactly what folks are made out of. But it's time for our party to take on John Fetterman who I should introduce to your viewers. You know, I, I am praying he makes a full recovery, by the way. He has a condition, a heart condition, that I actually treat as a UPenn-trained heart doc. And I'm optimistic he'll be healthy, but we are going to face off in the general. And Pennsylvania has a clear choice between Republicans and Democrats here, probably more clearly than a lot of other states in the country. Fetterman is to the left of Biden, so he supports spending and, and restricting energy production, which is in Pennsylvania a major catastrophe because it hurts the livelihoods of Pennsylvanians because we have so much energy. It drives up inflation for the whole country as well and compromises our national security. I'm for liberating energy producers to tr so they should trust government so that we're not going to cut their, their feet off from under them, and that way they'll produce energy and reduce inflation. And I'll just point out one pet peeve of mine. Fetterman wants socialized medicine the same way, by the way, Bernie Sanders is. He's been likened to a tall Bernie Sanders. And we saw what happens with a one-size-fits-all approach. It just it doesn't work. It didn't work during COVID. It's not going to work for your personal health. I want private solutions customized to your needs. Here's the big deal. I want to take this message to every corner of the Commonwealth, including places that don't usually expect Republicans. You know, I've done free clinics across the Commonwealth. I've been in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. I understand the challenges of these future Republican voters, and I respect their needs. Fetterman has uh, one statewide in Pennsylvania. He's got that going for him. Um, he is a big he doesn't dress like a normal politician. He's always wearing hoodies and he wears uh, shorts. Uh, he wants to legalize marijuana, I believe, which essentially, quite frankly, seems to be legal. What is your stance on that, by the way, uh, marijuana? You know, there are not enough Pennsylvanians to work in Pennsylvania. So giving them pots so they stay home uh, is not, I don't think, an ideal move. I also don't want to breed addiction to marijuana. It's not physical addiction. It's emotional addiction. But I don't want young people to think they have to smoke a joint to get out of their house in the morning. We need to get Pennsylvanians back at work. You've got to give them their mojo. And I don't want marijuana to be a hindrance to that. I also don't want people operating heavy machinery uh, and driving by me when they've been taking their fourth joint of the day. But there are other issues that are plaguing Pennsylvanians. We're a border state practically, right, because they're flying illegal immigrants up here from the border in the middle of the night, these night flights. But they're also getting their narcotics up here really easily. And Fetterman wants, like Democrats all do, open borders. I will shut down the cartel-run human trafficking operation and shut down the fentanyl being smuggled across with the huge profits the cartel's making off the Biden administration. That will prevent Pennsylvanians from dying of narcotics. You know, Greg, we had 100 thousand Americans die last year from narcotics overdoses, 100,000. That's four times more than died from COVID under the age of 50. All this made possible by weak Democratic policies that have made cartels incredibly profitable and lucrative, which is why they continue to prosper with illegal immigrants and narcotics. Fetterman had some sort of encounter uh, near his home. 
somebody was coming after him. He pulled a gun. Uh, there have been allegations of racial prejudice on Fetterman's part. I'm sure you're familiar with this episode. Do you think this is um, uh, uh, an issue for the general election? Whatever happened with Fetterman, his gun, and that guy? It's going to be a massive issue in the general election because the African-American vote uh, is in the middle of a lot of these discussions. And are they going to vote uh, with Fetterman because he's a Democrat? Uh, or are they going to be open-minded and think about the other options out there that the Republican Party can offer? And listen, I became a Republican at age eight because my father told me Republicans had better ideas. Let's give the, the African-American community better ideas. I, I went to a, a beautiful Baptist church near our home. We, the, uh, the, the minister, Jerome Coleman, is a friend of mine. He's on our values council. And, he, you know, we were looking at this beautiful congregation. He was saying, you know, a lot of these folks, when Democrats speak to them, they have to put their fingers in their kids' ears because they don't want their kids to hear uh, this, this material that spews out that uh, makes them feel like they're victims, like they don't have control over their future. They have no agency in the future. And, and, I, and he said, if you Republicans come to us with ideas and show us a love that we know you should have for us, we'll come, many of us, along with the Republican ticket. That's what he's expecting me to do as a Republican candidate for the, uh, for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. That's what I intend to do and cross over with the African-American audience that I think is desperately looking for better ideas. Finally, it's got to be a weird feeling. I mean, it was all about May 17th. May 17th, we thought we'd have an answer. You've got the advantage. You're up 1,100 votes. It's looking very, very good. But it's got to be a, it's a weird time, right? A bit of a limbo. Well, how are you feeling? How are you holding up? You know my wife, Lisa. Uh, I made that speech uh, the evening of the election telling the, the large number of people at the, at the gathering center that we weren't going to have an answer that evening. And I said that Lisa is my rock of Gibraltar. Greg, you know more than anybody else how important it is to have a rock of Gibraltar in your life. She has grounded me, kept me strong, and God bless her for being here because it is nerve-wracking. But I tell you, I'm so proud of my team. They, they, the, the dawn of the 18th, the morning after the election, they were already at the polls making sure that there was no shenanigans. Uh, and I'm, I'm also excited by the fact that they're all over the state with better data than I think anybody else has. And in medicine, if you have better information, you're going to have a better operation. And I feel that way right now. Dr. Roz, the next time we talk, we hope you're senator-elect, Dr. Roz. It's looking that way. Good luck, <laughs> sir, to be continued. And we'll be right back. The Iraq War, a horrible, catastrophic mistake that never should have been waged. We never should have invaded that country. They had no weapons of mass destruction. Everybody seems to know it now, including the person most responsible for it, George W. Bush. Was this an oops moment? Was this a Freudian slip? Interesting remarks from the former president. Again, if it wasn't for him, there would have been no Iraq War. I think it had something to do with the father finishing his business, something between the Bushes, who knows. But he said this yesterday in Dallas. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. Now, unjustified, brutal invasion of Iraq. Absolutely. Why is he saying that now? going to put those words in its full context. It seems like he wanted to say Ukraine, and this might be a gaffe, but I think deep down he finally knows it. This is like the Robert McNamara moment. Decades later, McNamara said, oh yeah, Vietnam kind of made a big mistake on that one. Let's go through it. The Iraq war. What did we get out of it? When we invaded that country in 2003, it was all about getting weapons of mass destruction. Remember that? 
the war on terror. Hey, sounded okay to me, I guess, although I was skeptical. I mean, he used to say that we're going there because Saddam Hussein shot at our pilots. Well, I was one of those pilots, and I knew that we had complete air superiority over Iraq. That didn't ring true to me. Also, there was a UN weapons inspector, Scott Ritter, saying he does not have weapons of mass destruction. I was skeptical, but we did it, and there were none. And then there was that long, costly occupation. Remember that? Troops just hanging around, really, for no particular reason. And we were targets. They were targets. It was awful. And we had a rank amateur by the name of Paul Bremer pretending he was some sort of viceroy. Do you remember this guy making catastrophically stupid decision after catastrophically stupid decision, firing the Republican Guard, getting rid of the Iraqi military? There were so many things that he did without thinking, and he did not have any experience in that region, any substantial experience. And what did our troops deal with? We were just sitting ducks, picked off, IED after IED. Remember this? But it was all necessary, right? To make the world safe from the terrorists and safe from the weapons of mass destruction. Remember when Colin Powell went to the United Nations and said, yeah, we gotta do this for the weapons of mass destruction. Let's go through the costs of the war. I mean, the dollars, the casualties, the Iraq war, eight years, nearly 5,000 Americans killed, 175,000 Iraqis killed, $1.1 trillion spent, and no weapons of mass destruction, no weapons. You know, we did get Saddam Hussein, and some people try to tell me, well, that was worth it. We had to get rid of Saddam Hussein. Well, I don't really care who's running Iraq. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't know if it was worth it. 1.1 trillion and all those lives lost. You know, if you have a problem with your neighbor, you want your neighbor out. Do you want to blow up the whole block? I don't think so. All right, so George W. Bush back in Dallas. Let's uh, give his comments some breathing room. Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq, too. Anyway. uh, (laughs) 75. Uh, It's a punchline. It's a punchline. And not for the first time. He used to joke around the White House, no weapons of mass destruction. He'd go looking around the Oval Office, no weapons of mass destruction here. It was a joke then. It's a joke now. And um, I'm not okay with that. Are you? This man never should have been president. More on that in a moment. Something else from that speech. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq, too. Anyway. uh... (laughs) Iraq, too. Iraq, too. He somehow recognizes on some level. Is he taking responsibility? I don't know. He's a pretty simple guy, of course. He was the governor of Texas. Not the hardest thing to do when your dad is the uh, former president of the United States. There he is running and sworn in in 1994. And people were saying right then and there that he's probably going to be president someday. 
Why? Why? What made him worthy of that job? Becoming governor of Texas? That's kind of a small governorship. It really is. It's not, at the time, it wasn't really considered all that powerful, all that influential. The lieutenant governor did all the work. How about all of his uh, activities with the Texas Rangers? Was he that good of a frontman for the Texas Rangers? I don't think so. I don't think so. What he was good at was being the president's son. When you're the president's son and uh, you've got unlimited access combined with some credentials from a prior campaign in Washington, D.C., people tend to respect that. I mean, access is power. And uh, I can find my dad and talk to him any time of the day. Why don't we just call him Hunter? Sounds like Hunter Biden. So through our crazy political system, this mediocrity becomes president of the United States. And a few months later, we're hit. September 11, 2001. Now, there's all kinds of evidence, by the way, that shows George W. Bush was asleep at the switch. All kinds of warnings in the summer of 2001 that al-Qaeda was planning to do something big, and we didn't do enough to counteract that. Now, he did have one brief shining moment. I'll give him this. When he went to the World Trade Center site and the, the crowd was actually kind of frustrated with him because they couldn't hear him. And anyway, he said a few good words, but... It was all talk. It was all talk because we really didn't do much. We went into Afghanistan light and late. Took about, what, five, six weeks before we actually struck back, before we actually hit Afghanistan. We should have been pounding Afghanistan within hours, within hours. Why do we give Al-Qaeda such a head start? By then, they were hard to find. The airstrikes, they weren't terribly effective, but we're told that at the early stages of the war in Afghanistan, they were already thinking about Iraq. They had to save resources, personnel, equipment for what was about to happen in Iraq. Paul O'Neill, the Treasury Secretary, says Iraq came up in February of 2001 at the first cabinet meeting. Only one person has had really the guts, the strength, and the integrity to call out the Bushes on this, on the suitable stage. I mean, when everybody was watching. Do you remember this? I could care less about the insults that Donald Trump gives to me. It's blood sport for him. He enjoys it, and I'm glad he's happy about it. He but I am sick and tired, I am sick and tired of him going after my family. My dad is the greatest man alive in my mind. And while, while Donald Trump was building a reality TV show, my brother was building a security apparatus to keep us safe, and I'm proud of what he did. And he's had the gall to go the after World my Trade mother. Center came he's down had the gall to go after reign. my Remember mother. That. Hold on. Let me finish. He's had the gall to go after my mother. That's not keeping Look, us safe. Look, I won safe. the lottery when I was born 63 years ago and looked up and I saw my mom. mom my mom is the strongest woman I know. She should this be is running. not about my family or his family. Uh, she should be running. I was so pleased that this happened because no Bush deserved to be in the White House after that. I'm sorry, not George W. Bush's brother after Iraq. Sorry. And uh, oh, yeah, 9-11, Donald Trump went there and he did on Iraq as well. 
Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? It was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We so, can make mistakes, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. Absolutely. So right. And uh, they hated them for it. I'm talking about the Republican establishment, and that's the Bushes. So when George W. Bush goes around the country, he is full, I believe, of hatred of Donald Trump. Oh, boy. And Jeb and what he said on that stage. Well, you could say, well, wait a second. How is that manifested? He doesn't hate Donald Trump. Yes, he does. And he hates his supporters by falsely characterizing us along the same lines as the terrorists, those who attacked us on 9-11. Listen to this. September 11th, 2021, George W. Bush comes to New Jersey, I believe, for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. And it is our continuing duty to confront them. He's talking about the January Sixers. Nobody mistook what he was talking about. And it was horrible. A guy like that, huh? And his team. What about his team who took us into the wrong country for the wrong reason and no weapons of mass destruction? And Bushes and those loyal to them are actually running around the country trying to cancel former members of the Trump administration. They're actually doing it and they own it. Take a look at this. The Lincoln Project. We're constructing a database of Trump officials and staff that will detail their roles in the Trump administration and track where they are now. No personal info, only professional, but they will be held accountable. It's open season on anybody associated with Donald Trump in the private sector. And even especially former administration officials who are more loyal to the swamp than the country are going along with it. Take a look at this. You don't have to be in the administration to smell the crazy coming off of Stephen Miller. It, you can see it a mile away. Are you surprised that that guy specifically, I mean, guys like that, but let's just go with that guy specifically, who was so redolently crazy and poorly informed and just balls out racist, would still get jobs right now. He is working for David McCormick's campaign in Pennsylvania, a supposedly reasonable Republican who hired him in order to get Trump's endorsement, but then didn't get it. And yet Stephen Miller is still sucking on the GOP political gravy because no one has the courage to put these guys out to pasture. Does that shock you that people that you know are terrible for America can still get jobs in mainstream political circles? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. That's the former Secretary of Defense to Trump, Mark Esper, saying that former Trump administration officials should be driven from politics, that they shouldn't be able to work again. Why? What did they do that was so wrong? Did they invade the wrong country? No. Let's take a look at the cost one more time, please. Yes. 5,000 Americans killed, nearly 200,000 Iraqis killed, right? No weapons of mass destruction. And they should be driven 
from political life. What did Donald Trump do that was so terrible? What has them horrified? Was it the Bible in front of the church? Was it the Bible in front of the church? Was it the mean tweets? He did not invade the wrong country. He cut us out of war. George W. Bush, what did you say? The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. Didn't go out and give a speech. No one's driving him from society. Uh, where did he get this insight? Hmm? All those amateurish paintings, the time alone with the canvas. Is this how he figured out uh, he was wrong? I don't know, because I haven't really seen too much of George W. Bush, really. He's been partying. I know that. Hanging out with Obama and Clinton on a, well, it looks like they're on a yacht without a care in the world. It's another reason why they don't like Trump. He doesn't party with them. He doesn't play by, he doesn't play their games. He works for us. He's still doing it. Those guys are on a yacht. And this guy, every Friday and Saturday night out there stumping for a candidate who believes in America first. There is no contest. I wonder what's going to happen to George W. Bush. I really do. Okay, stay with us. Oh, we've got Black Lives Matter spending all kinds of money, yes, on the House, but also on family and friends. And wait until you hear what they say about white guilt. Have you ever heard about that before? It's actually a thing. Be right back. All I can can say... Is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it? Do fake news for a long time. Anything Black Lives Matter was sacred, right? Well, now we know they're pretty much corrupt. <laughs> a total scam. You saw what the uh, head of Black Lives Matter has been spending the money on, right? A How much was that house? Yeah, $6 million. And now there's more, more information about friends and relatives getting all kinds of money. Let's take a look. Uh, the father of Patrice Collor's child got $969,000 for his uh, foundation, LLC, whatever that does. Let's see. Oh, her brother got 840000 for whatever it is uh, he's alleged to do. And, oh, they gave some money to uh, lobbyists. And what were they lobbying for? To vote in favor of impeachment of Donald Trump. Huh? What a beautiful way to spend the money. Wow. You know, she's actually blaming the people who gave it to her. Listen to this. After George Floyd's death, a tsunami of funding comes through BLM, uh, some $90 million, right, to support the movement and support different organizations under your umbrella. And I wonder first, was that a shock, just the amount of money coming in? It was a major shock. It was also a lot of like, oh, wait, this I did not see that coming. Um, you know, contrary to what, you know, has been reported, much of the funding that came in was from individual donors. Um, that was a lot of white guilt money. It was a lot of white folks mm. being like, we just got to put the money. That's, the, that's that good guilt. $90 million <laughs> of guilt. That's a lot of good. White guilt, white guilt, white guilt. That actually, strangely enough, is a real thing. I personally don't suffer from it. It is an artificial, it's an invention really of the woke left that so many people have adopted. And listen to some corporate elites and bigwigs really push it. We, the National Football League, 
believe black lives matter. We must say the words, black lives matter. Do I think black lives matter? Absolutely. Say it with me, Jimmy. Black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Of course, black lives matter. We here at The Tonight Show do support black lives matter, and we are against any type of police brutality. Companies like ours must speak up as allies to the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter, period. All right, there are a lot of things going on there. It's uh, It became fashionable. It also became, we don't want the mob hassling us. And for some, I do believe it comes from, I don't know, a, a fear, perhaps, of uh, people different from them. It's a fear that most normal people don't have, especially if you grew up working class, right? Because maybe you join the military and you work with people who don't look like you, as the saying goes, right? Liberal elites tend not to do that. They also tend not to play football, okay? That's not something liberal elites particularly like. And they really don't like blue-collar jobs. And what happens on blue-collar jobs? You meet all kinds of people from all walks of life. And that's a great thing. So sometimes I wonder about people like Roger Goodell and others at the very, 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 very top and what kind of upbringing they had, you know? Who are they familiar with? Who are they comfortable with? All right, moving on to something that I can't forget, although so many people have. Culture certainly wants us to forget. Joe Biden wants us to forget the loss in Afghanistan. It really happened. It really happened after all that time. What, 20 years? 20 years. And Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who was more responsible for that than almost anybody, can go on a late night talk show, Stephen Colbert, and shoot the breeze, not be challenged about it, nothing. Of course, he's a good guy. He didn't work for Trump, right? And then they let him play the guitar with the band afterwards. Talk about a corrupt, broken culture. And they also did not ask him, Colbert didn't, about the email he received from Hunter Biden. He was Deputy Secretary of State at the time. Hunter, have a few minutes next week to grab a cup of coffee. I know you are impossibly busy, but would like to get your advice on a couple of things. Absolutely. At that point, Hunter's father was Vice President Biden, and he was the number two man at the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. I have very grave doubts about Hunter, of course, and Tony Blinken. Hey, just like John McCain did, actually, when he was up for that number two job at the State Department, he said this. This individual has actually been dangerous to America and to the young men and women who are fighting and serving it. I'll move on to Afghanistan. Mr. Uh, Blinken said, quote, we've been very clear. We've been consistent. The war will be concluded by the end of 2014. We have a timetable, and that timetable will not change. This is why I'm so worried about him being in the position that he's in. Wow. John McCain was right. Now he's in a position even higher than the one he was afraid about. Secretary of State, and we see John McCain was right. We should have listened to Afghanistan. That's on Tony Blinken. That's on the National Security Advisor, and it's on Joe Biden. Wow. Hey, um, Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, they're in the news again because, well, Fiona Hill, a former mid-level advisor at the National Security Council, is saying things uh, critical of Trump. That's what she does. Listen to this. 
They thought that somebody like Biden, who's a transatlanticist, who knows all about NATO, actually knows where Ukraine is, you know, and actually knows something about the history and is very steeped in, you know, kind of international affairs, would be the right person to engage with as opposed to somebody you've got to explain everything to all the time, honestly. I think that that's kind of where he was going. You could see that he got frustrated many times with President Trump because he had to kind of keep explaining things and Putin doesn't like to do that, even though he loves to be able to spin his own version of events. He wants to have predictability in the person that, you know, he's engaging with. Putin, she says, was frustrated because he always had to explain things to Trump. I understand something that she doesn't. I'll get to that in a moment. But first, a little bit more on her. Ultra snob, total Trump hater. I knew it when she testified during the impeachment hearings. Get a load of this. I'm appearing today as a fact witness as I did during my deposition on October 14th, in order to answer your questions about what I saw, what I did, what I knew, and what I know with regard to the subjects of your inquiry. I have no interest in advancing the outcome of your inquiry in any particular direction except toward the truth. Your inquiry, I have no interest whatsoever. Really? Really, Fiona? I don't believe you. You, uh... (laughs) (laughs) You pushed a partisan point of view big time and you were rewarded. Doesn't mean as much anymore, but you were on the Time magazine with the other traders. Yep, there you are. You did get to write a particularly bad book that no one is interested in about your roots in England and uh, all that kind of stuff. You got about a thousand fake news articles written about you. The New York Times fell in love with you story after story after story. Uh, But then again, nobody cares. But here's the thing that I understand that she does not when it comes to Putin. So Putin understands English. He does. And when he's dealing with an interpreter um, and Donald Trump, Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, none of those guys spoke Russian. That's fine. Putin understood English. He would have the advantage of time, right? So the interpreter would have to interpret. He'd have more time to think. Take a look. Do you really want to be president when you're 84 years old? All right, you see what he does? He's got extra time. He knows the question. So Donald Trump's saying, hey, Vladimir, do me a favor. Tell me, uh, tell me why you are so interested in Ukraine. I mean, it's a small country. Tell me about that, Vladimir. And he would take time to tell him Donald Trump was pulling the strings. You got that, Fiona? I've actually seen him do it before myself. He's very, very clever, unlike you. Hey, we want to thank, that was, I believe, Hadley Gamble. Can I see the last clip? That was Hadley Gamble. I think she's at uh, CNBC right now. I, 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 I used to work with her a million years ago. Good journalist. All right, I got to go. We'll be right back. Ooh, the libs of TikTok are up to it again. Ooh, you're going to want to see this. Be right back. They feared Donald Trump's enormous popularity and political power, so they tried to stop him, claiming Russian collusion. Now revealed, Congressman Devin Nunes' real story and his fight to save the president. Watch the plot against the president. So coast to coast, they really are in public schools, a lot of private schools too, trying to sexualize and corrupt kids. 
let them be kids, but it's not happening. And um, this is in Clark County, Nevada. A mother is upset that her child, her 15-year-old, is made to say dirty things in class. Listen to this. Thank you. I am going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Me. Excuse, me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your... Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? That's relevant. I Okay. The teacher this, this... required my daughter to read, memorize this and read this pornographic material. Yeah. And they wouldn't hear it. And they start playing the games with the microphone. Here's the text, what she was reading. And it is pornographic stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go through it, but it's. It's really bad. It's, it's very sexualized. It's uh, nothing for a 15-year-old, certainly not in class. And these bureaucrats, these are school board members. Why are they sitting on these elevated platforms, by the way? And that one person who is so consumed with time, listen to this. Excuse me, please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so it's my please first continue time here. your public comment. Your, your time is, you've got one, one minute and 19 seconds. One minute and 19 seconds. Who are these people? They work for us. And I'm sorry, I don't like it that they're elevated somehow and they're more important. Is that what they think? It's wrong. This kind of stuff is happening coast to coast. You've heard it a million times, but we have to keep highlighting it and fighting it. This is in, uh, I'll let you know where it is exactly in a moment, but she's upset about boys using the girls' room. I am here today to share my daughter's story, who is in elementary school. She came home from school and told me about a situation that had happened, how her and a friend went to use the restroom, except at this time there was a boy in there who was dressed like a girl. She said they were very uncomfortable and she didn't know what to do. My rights as a parent were taken away when I had to explain to my eight and 10 year old daughters why a boy with boy parts is in the girl's bathroom dressed like a girl. I was forced to have a very hyper-sexual conversation that I didn't and I still don't feel was age-appropriate for my girls. The district's trans identity guidelines that allow biological boys that identify as girls to be permitted in every area designated for girls from elementary to high school is horrifying to me. This is not inclusive. This is discriminatory. Thank you for your time. How could these school boards be so divorced from reality and so on the side of the radical left? And why is the radical left getting involved? Why? Why are they focused on children? Take a look at this. This is in in Illinois at a public library. Take a look at this. They will have a Lake County Pride Fest for what do those kids look like? Seven, eight years old. And on the agenda, affirming books, drag queen story time, kids dress up. This is, uh, this is a crime. I'm sorry, this is criminal activity. Outspoken queer youth, open mic. This is in Washington State. 
and it's being held by uh, the school board president. Is that right? Do I have that right? And it will be held at the open mic event at her sex shop in downtown Bellingham, Washington. It's called the Wink Wink. It's called the Wink Wink Sex Shop. Pleasure is our revolution. And let's see here. Sign up to reserve a free ticket. And the ages, 0 to 18. Okay. And they say that we're crazy. (laughs) When we come back, the man who wants to beat Chuck Schumer for the United States Senate seat from New York State. And I think he just might do it. There's Joe Pinion. Be right back. Selling a home is expensive and stressful. So we created our smart seller system to sell your home for top dollar and save you thousands in commissions. I was amazed in the fact that my house sold in one day. Ideal agents saved me in the neighborhood of twenty dollars to $25,000 in commissions. The process was as easy as it gets. They are the number one way to sell your house. Our service is free, available nationwide, and there's zero obligation. Call us today or visit idealagent.com. I'm in a race against aging. Forget aging gracefully. I'm fighting back. Over 40, fight back with Rejuvenate. It's clinically proven to help rebuild muscle that is lost as we age and help prevent further muscle loss. Rejuvenate comes in single-serve packets or ready-to-drink bottles with 15 grams of organic plant protein. Maximize your workout with Rejuvenate to help prevent and reverse muscle loss. Win the race against aging with Rejuvenate. Hey everyone, I'm Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, part-time musician, but longtime customer of Relaxium Sleep. And I'm here with my good friend and country music legend, Larry Gatlin. Now, Larry, a few months ago, you asked me, Huck, does that Relaxium really work? I remember that night because I was tired of not sleeping. I took it your word, I tried it. Guess what? Relaxium Sleep works. Larry, so many Americans are struggling to get to sleep. Sleep for me for years has been kind of a concept I've heard people talk about. Uh, (laughs) Relaxing sleep has changed my life. I'm grateful to you and it has been a blessing to our family. I am now a paying customer. You know, I loved it when you called me and told me that it worked the very first night for you. And it has worked every night since then. Call today for your 30-day risk-free trial and 100% money-back guarantee. Relaxium Sleep doesn't need a prescription, is 100% drug-free, and is non-habit-forming. Relaxium Sleep worked from the very first night I took it. As a nurse, sleep is very important. Relaxium Sleep really helps me stay focused and also do my job efficiently. Developed by renowned neurologist and sleep expert, Dr. Eric Siliberti, Relaxium Sleep's Triple Action Formula was designed to regulate your natural sleep cycle, relax your body, and calm the mind for better sleep through the night. It's also non-habit-forming and made in the USA. Take it from Larry Gatlin and me. If you're having trouble sleeping, quit having trouble. Get some sleep with Relaxium Sleep. Call right now. Call now. Relaxium Sleep is giving away 1,000 bottles. Call and get your very own risk-free bottle of Relaxium Sleep now. Fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up feeling refreshed with Relaxium Sleep. Call for your risk-free trial of Relaxium Sleep. Call now. Call 800-618-4291. 800-618-4291. If you could only eat one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Easy. Buffet. Pretty sure that's not one thing. Barbecue buffet. A buffet is the complete opposite of one. Okay, a barbecue ribs buffet with rocks and barbecue chicken on the side. 
Germs invade through your nose, the body's air filter. But how do you clean it? Navage uses powered suction to help flush out congestion, allergens, mucus, and viruses. Millions use drug-free Navage to breathe better and feel healthier. Navage. Clean nose, healthy life. To the city of good neighbors, I pledge to stand with you through this awful, awful tragedy. To work in the Senate to oppose the poison of white supremacy that inspired this attack. To work towards finally ridding our streets of weapons of war. And to make sure that this community has all the resources necessary to heal, to endure, to stand tall once again. 24 years in the U.S. Senate, and now he wants to talk about white supremacy. I wonder why. It's a re-election year for Chuck Schumer, and I think he may be in for the shock of his life. Joe Pinion is the Republican nominee for the United States Senate, and uh, here in New York State, running against Chuck Schumer. Welcome back, Joe. How you doing? Good to be here, my friend, again, just trying to spread the word that, yes, uh, we are on the path to send Chuck Schumer packing after 42 years in Congress, 24 in the United States Senate. Uh, it's time to go in a different way before uh, they destroy America as we know it. So you were in Buffalo this week, yeah. and to me, it was a disgrace how they portrayed this as somehow the responsibility of mainstream conservatives. Mainstream conservatives don't believe in white supremacy. This shooter, the alleged shooter, was a total nut job. And I see, by the way, uh, there you are at the site. Before we talk about that, what was it like up there? I mean, just a grief-stricken population uh, where we had the oldest blemish on the soul of humanity rear its ugly head, uh, one of the worst acts of hatred we have seen in the modern history of this state. I think the entire nation recognizes that when somebody drives past perfectly good supermarkets, hundreds of miles to go victim shopping uh, in the heart of Buffalo because the people that shopped at that tarps had melanin in their skin, uh, we realize that we still have work to do. But what these Democrats have done, uh, when we know in this nation that times like this call for unity, uh, even when you talk about somebody like Bill Clinton in the aftermath of the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, you have lost too much, but you have not lost everything and you have not lost America. George Bush, the people who took down these towers, will hear from all of us soon. And what does Chuck Schumer do? He says that he feels the pain of black people. Then he gets on Twitter and picks a fight uh, with the television network. That's not leadership. Uh, it's cowardice uh, described as ca compassion, but in many ways, just the same long con. Wow. Hey, Joe Pinion was a Newsmax host here for quite some time. He left all that to enter the world of politics. Joe, um, you are going up against an entrenched incumbent. He is wildly wrong on this issue, and I believe many others. What do you perceive as another vulnerability of his? Well, look, the hard truth is that in life, your greatest strengths become your greatest weakness. Uh, we are not going to allow our dreams to be held hostage by fear. Uh, if you are a black parent, you are not going to allow Chuck Schumer uh, to say that your child not reading at a proficient level should be held hostage by the boogeyman of white supremacy. We are not going to allow uh, mothers all across this state who are concerned about the deep poverty uh, that our children experience uh, to allow that to be held hostage by them fear-mongering about reproductive 
reproductive rights. This is the year we're going to break the back of single-party rule because when shootings are up 90 percent, when we've got 103 officers shot in the line of duty this year alone, it's not even June. Something has to change, and that has to start with the leaders uh, who allow this nonsense and this madness uh, to plague the society that we love. I'm checking out your website right now, JoePinion.com. Go there for all the information you want about Joe and the campaign. He is running for the U.S. Senate against Chuck Schumer. Man, would that be satisfying if you can pull this off. I know it's a tough one, Joe. Final thoughts. Look, we're going to win this election because it is a grassroots effort. Every person knows that what Chuck Schumer does in the name of New Yorkers impacts every single one of us. And so we are building that uncommon coalition. Uh, We're going to win this election with the people. And again, uh, you can go to JoePinion.com because this is the year uh, we will send a tremor uh, through the electoral system. Because if there's one race that makes sure that the words defund police never get uttered again. That's when we defeat Chuck Schumer on November 8th, 2022. A tremor? It'll be an earthquake, typhoon, tornado, you name it, volcano, all wrapped up in a one, and it'll be glorious. Good luck, sir. Joe Pinion, everybody. We'll be right back. Thank you, pal. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watches, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. A lot of fun, interesting show. We'll see you tomorrow. Stinchfield's next.